Did you hear about the royal wedding? <laughs> 29.2 million Americans tuned in. And maybe some of you were among that number. In this country, we don't have a monarchy, obviously. Yet we are still fascinated by the idea of royalty. This morning we start a series called Quest for a King. It's about God's people, Israel, and their adventure, shall we say, in terms of a human king, as well as what their story can teach us today. In our church-wide reading plan, we started the book of 1 Samuel a little over a week ago. I encourage you, by the way, to participate in this reading plan. The daily readings are listed in your bulletin each week, as well as on the church website. You can also sign up for daily emails with readings, commentary, and prayers, or download the free app at BibleInOneYear.org. It's a wonderful resource that will help us wherever we are in terms of our understanding of the Bible to take that next step and go deeper and closer to God. Our Quest for a King series will take us through key moments in Israel's journey with God to help us learn more about what it means for us to live for God today. As a learning aid, we have a card for each of you. Will the ushers please come forward and assist me now? This is the card for our seventh series in our year-long reading and preaching plan called Explore the Bible 2018. The aim of Explore the Bible 2018 is to give each of us a better understanding of the power of God's Word for our lives today. For each series, uh, we're handing out a card with a memory verse. The first card is attached uh, to a ring so you can keep all the cards together. If you need the Series 1 card and ring or any of the cards for any of the previous series, uh, you can get them at the Welcome Center this morning after worship. I encourage you to collect all 15 cards and use them to help you keep God's Word in your heart. God's Word is a light to our path. It has power to guide us and form us into the people God calls us to be. Here's a wonderful story I read on Facebook last week about the power of learning scripture. One of the children from our church, Aaliyah, who is four years old, was running to the garage to check to see if her daddy had come home yet. And her mom said he wasn't home, but Aaliyah didn't hear her. So she said again, he is not here. Well, Aaliyah said, that's a Bible verse, mommy. She's right. She learned that verse through our Splash Kids scripture memory plan. Matthew chapter 28, verse 6. He is not here. <laughs> he has risen, just as he said. Of course, the reference is to Jesus, not Aaliyah's dad. 
Then her mom wrote, thank you, Spry Church, for all you do for our kiddos. They are listening. They are listening. And your efforts, with God's blessings, are bearing significant fruit in the lives, not just of our kids and our youth, but in the lives of people of all ages. Thanks be to God. Learning scripture by heart is one of the most important ways for us all to grow spiritually. And that's the idea behind the memory verse for each of our 15 series in Explore the Bible 2018. The passage for this series is 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. It's printed on the back of your card. Uh, let's read that passage aloud together now. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. I encourage you to learn these words uh, by heart this week. They remind us that God wants to be our king. We are to give our ultimate allegiance not to any human institution, not to any human leader, but to God, to God alone, to trust first and foremost in the Lord. I want to talk to you today about what God wants and what we want. The two could be the same thing, or they could be completely different things. And yet God has a way of working out his purposes. And his purposes for our lives are good because he is good. Our scripture reading teaches us three things about what God wants and what we want. You can fill in the blanks uh, on the GPS, the Grow, Pray, Study Guide, in your bulletin on the back of the prayer list. First, God wants what is best for his people, and that includes you. God's want, God wants what is best for you. Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. He was called to share God's message with the people of Israel. He did that faithfully for many years. When he grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders, but his sons didn't walk in God's ways. And I'm sure that must have been heartbreaking to Samuel. Perhaps the same way it, it is heartbreaking for us as we do what we can to raise the generation that follows us in God's ways. And, and we see that that may or may not lead to what we hope for. Now, ultimately, God is still at work. But you may be in a position where children you love, you've done your part. You've tried to model and teach about a life with God. And, and what do you see? If you see them turning away and rebelling against God, I would submit to you, you're not alone. And Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, knew that very feeling. His sons turned aside after dishonest gain. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. 
So the elders of Israel gathered together and decided to talk to Samuel. They said to him, you are old and your sons don't walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. This was basically the personnel committee for the people of Israel. And they were saying to, to Samuel, essentially, you know, thank you for all your years of service, but your time's up. And it's not going to work with your sons. So here's what we want, Samuel. We want a king so we can be like everybody else. And that last part is so important because it gives us a glimpse into the motivation and the hearts of these people. And sure, they were leaders, but you know, for leaders, just like for anybody else, sometimes our hearts are not in the right place. And here, their hearts, their hearts were not fixed on what God wanted. Their hearts were fixed on what they wanted. By asking for a human king, they were actually rejecting God as their king. And Samuel knew that. That is the context of our memory passage for this series. When they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. The Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It's not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. God had brought the people out of slavery in Egypt and led them into a land filled with potential. God had already shown them time and time again that his plans for them were good. In an even more wonderful way, through the lens of Jesus, we see that God wants what is best for us. And that's important to point out because sometimes we forget that. Or we might question that. God, do you really want what is best for me? It's true. God wants you to flourish. God wants you to thrive in the best ways, in his ways. God wants to be our ruler and king. God wants what is best for us, but he won't force it on us. That's a second key idea that we see at this point in Israel's story, which is really our story. God gives us the ability to choose what we want. The Lord had planned that his people would be different from others. He planned a society in which God himself would be the king. But Israel wanted to be like everyone else. Israel had rejected God as their king. They had forgotten that as God's people, they had a special calling. They weren't supposed to be like other nations. They were supposed to be a light to other nations, to reflect God's blessings and God's goodness to those people around them. But instead, at this point, they wanted to be like other nations. Do we want to be like other people or do we want to be a light to other people? That's the crucial question. The people of Israel wanted a king 
Because that's what others had. It's easy for us to look around at what others have and say, I want that. I need that. I want to be like them. If I had what they had, oh, I'd be set. This is the comparison game. It's a dangerous game. As the saying goes, the grass is always greener on the other side. That way of thinking does not lead us to be content. It can fool us into missing out on what is right in front of us because we're obsessed with what's over here. We're obsessed with what others have and we don't have. After the people asked for a king, God told Samuel, listen to the people, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. It's a bit like a parent who's been hearing so much complaining and just so many requests and, oh, will you give me that? Please give me that. And finally, you know, you reach a point where you say, okay, you don't even know what you're asking for, but I'm going to give it to you so you can find out it's the wrong thing. Ever been there? Samuel told the people, he said, this is the way the kind of king you're talking about operates. He will take your sons and make soldiers of them. He'll put some to forced labor on his farms, plowing and harvesting, and others to making either weapons of war or chariots in which the king can ride in luxury. He'll put your daughters to work as beauticians and waitresses and cooks. He'll conscript your best fields, vineyards, and orchards and hand them over to his special friends. He'll tax your harvests and crops to support his extensive bureaucracy. Your prize workers and best animals he'll take for his own use. He'll lay a tax on your flocks, and you'll end up no better than slaves. The day will come when you will cry in desperation because of this king you so much want for yourselves. Now, who would sign up for that? No one thinking logically would, right? But when our desires get fixated on something, we want that and often we'll go after it whether it's the right thing for us or not. And even if we know it's not the right thing, we'll still go after it, won't we? Because we want it. Samuel told the people clamoring for a king how bad the results would be. In spite of the warning, they refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go out before us to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. The people had this freedom to choose. God wasn't going to force his good plans on them. And tragically, they misused their freedom. They rejected God as their king. They wanted what others around them had instead. At this point, I think it's worth pointing out, God had every right to abandon them. And actually, it's something we see repeatedly <laughs> throughout the story of Israel, which is our story. 
that, that so many times God has every right just to say, I'm finished with you. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you clearly are not open to hearing from me. I'm finished. Does God do that, though? No. No. And the good news is that despite their waywardness, our waywardness, God continues to work out his good purposes. Their poor choices did not put them beyond the reach of God's grace. And the same is true for us. But we can spare ourselves a good deal of hurt and heartache by freely choosing to pursue God's ways, even when we don't understand them, by trusting that God is good, by saying, God, your will be done. Your will be done. I, I maybe can't see or understand, but God, I've seen enough to know you are good. You are worthy of my trust. God, I trust in you. I trust you, God. And that brings us to the third lesson in this reading. It's best when our will is aligned with God's will. In Samuel's farewell speech to Israel, he said, I'm going to tell you about all the righteous acts the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. And then he reminded them about the faithfulness of God who had delivered them from slavery and led them into the promised land. How God was with them every step of the way. How despite the times when they didn't understand or didn't want to follow, God remained faithful to them. And he gives them this wonderful account of salvation history up to that point to say, this is God. This is who God is. You're God. This is how faithful God is to you. And then Samuel says, you will realize, though, what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. This is who God is. This is what you've done. And you need to realize this is not good. And then in a, in a sudden moment of clarity, the people acknowledged that they were wrong to ask for a king. Samuel, uh, they, they said to Samuel then, pray to the Lord your God for us so we will not die. And Samuel replied, do not be afraid. Do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. And that's, I would add, exactly what their idea of a king was. It was a useless idol. And Samuel says, these useless idols can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they're useless. I think we need to hear that as the people of God today. Whatever we turn to for provision, protection, power, is it, is it really to God first and foremost? Or is it somewhere else? Because if it's somewhere else, that thing that we're turning to is an idol. And ultimately, it's not going to deliver. Only God can. Only God is truly faithful. And then Samuel reminds these people of God's faithfulness, even in this low point. He says, for the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people. 
because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Honor the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. I love that word of grace and mercy in the midst of an otherwise really unfortunate story. And the word of grace and mercy comes to us just as much as it comes to the people of Israel through Samuel. It tells us, you know, despite the poor choices we've made, despite our waywardness, our stubbornness, you're the Lord's people. We are the Lord's people. God is faithful. For the sake of his great name, he will not reject his people. He has made you his own. And so we have the opportunity to hear that word of grace and mercy and to respond. Every week in worship, uh, we say the Lord's Prayer. And that prayer includes these words to God. Thy will be done. Now, it's Old English, and it might sound like I'm saying my will with an M. But actually, what we're saying is the exact opposite. It's thy will, T-H-Y. God, your will, your will be done. Simple concept. Four clear, easily understandable words. But wow, this is heavy. This is profound. That you and I can say, God, your will, your will be done. When we pray those words, we're basically saying, God, we want what you want. And, and, and I certainly have, there have been times I've prayed those words, and I, I really wasn't there in my heart to mean it. So maybe in those times, the prayer is, is more like, God, get me to the point where I want what you want. Thy will, thy will be done. It's a way of aligning our will with God's will. And that is what brings us the peace we long to know. The people rejected God as their king, but out of his infinite mercy, ultimately God would still come to rule over us. And that is what we see in Jesus. See, all of this is, is the foundation. This is the the anticipation of what is to come in Jesus. Jesus is our king. Jesus calls us all to live under his gracious reign and rule, his merciful rule. He, he, is, he is a king unlike any other king. He is the king above all kings. He is the Lord of lords. And Jesus is supremely faithful loving and good. He is all we need and so much more. On this Memorial Day weekend, we remember the brave men and women of our nation's armed forces. In particular, we honor those who gave their lives in the service of our country. And, and this weekend, this time of, of reflection and remembrance also gives us an opportunity to reflect on our calling as the people of God. Our calling as that, that identity label, which should be what determines who we are, even more than American. People of God, 
followers of Christ. That is who we are. We need to remember that. We need to reclaim that. And this part of Samuel's story teaches us to remember these three important things. God wants what is best for you. God gives us the ability to choose what we want. And it's always best when our will is aligned, lined up with God's will. Will you remember that this weekend? Let's pray. Lord, we belong to you. Thank you for your grace and continually reaching out to us. Forgive us for the times when we have turned away from you. Help us to turn to you, trust in you, and align our will with yours in all things. We pray in Jesus' name, and as he taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Our prayer hymn is, let there be.